on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. You overcome failure by failing because what you knew yesterday with advances in science, technology, or anything changes what it is today. That and a whole lot more coming up. And welcome to the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. I'm Jill Hartsock. And I'm Jessica Mullen. And we're two experienced gifted teachers and your hosts. This podcast is a place for parents, educators, and students living the gifted adventure. In each episode, you'll hear stories, practical tips, and deep dive into relevant topics related to being gifted. So come along for another episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. Welcome, everyone, to part two of our Get Ready for Summer series. Our last episode, we talked about balance and how to get the most out of our summer, which we're looking so forward to. We talked with Madeiris Grant about psychomotor balance and Michelle Crew about our mental health. That's right. Balance is best. And we teach that with our classroom. Today, we are talking about curiosity and getting out of our comfort zones with our two guests that we have going on today. And we're really looking forward to hearing about ways that we can initiate learning something new along with trying to learn about new cultures, whether it is literally physically going to a new country or maybe just staying locally in town and experiencing cultures through community, um, community events, food, restaurants, etc. So here we go. Today's guest has a Bachelor of Science in Education from Miami University and a Master's in Educational Leadership from the University of Dayton. He is a three-time marathoner in Chicago, Cincinnati, and New York City. He is also a DJ and owns Sounds Great Entertainment. We are so excited to welcome Dale Moberly to our podcast today. Dale, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. With all of your teaching experience, you have about 29 years in the classroom. That's correct. You are known in your district for leading trips to Costa Rica with about 30 some students, all in the middle school, high school, early high school range. Mm -hmm. Would you tell us a little bit about the student adventure trip that you take to Costa Rica every year? Yes, I've been doing uh, Costa Rica trips for going on uh, 11 years now, minus the couple years that we had the, the COVID cancellations. But something I started, you know, years ago, uh, my first trip, I think, had 14 students on it. And uh, it's just grown over the years. Uh, most of our trips now have a, a maximum of 49 students. Um I'm currently planning the 2023 trips uh, right now, and I have two trips of about 48, so I have a couple spots available on those trips. But now this summer, we do have six trips going to Costa Rica because of the couple years of no trips, 
because of COVID, but uh, just a great experience for kids. I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I take a lot of pride in, in these trips and sponsoring them. So what is it about the trip? It is an adventure trip. So these students are really doing things out of their comfort zones that they would not probably experience in their hometowns or regular lives, going to school every day and taking part in sports and extracurricular activities. What is it that these students are gravitated towards on the trip? Well, I think the the trips are really based on service, uh, adventure, and education. And I, th- I think just getting kids to another country uh, really uh, sparks their interest. And, and when I show them the videos of a lot of the adventure that we do, I think that really uh, gravitates them toward to taking the trip. You know, we, we do so many adventurous activities and activities you, you just can't do around here. Um, so that's kind of why I like doing these trips. As a teacher, what inspired you to start taking students on trips to another country? Well, I remember back when I was in the eighth grade and we got to go, you know, to Washington, D.C., which was, I thought at the time was just really, really cool. And then, you know, years later when I started teaching, I was teaching high school groups up in the Dayton area, teaching them uh, percussion. And I remember one year when uh, we went on a world finals uh, trip to Phoenix, Arizona, and, you know, I just thought that was great. The kids loved it. Some had never flown before. Uh, and then years after that, I, I would still run into some of those former students, and they would always thank me and say, you know what, that's the best thing I ever did in high school was take that trip to Arizona. And then I started thinking, what opportunities do our kids have in the middle school uh, age range here in Mason? And um, I thought, well, they really don't have any, like, adventure-type trips to take, so I I actually had received an email from a travel company uh, back at the time I was using uh, a certain travel company about taking kids on different trips. And I started looking into it and I just thought with my past experience and uh, uh, what it meant to those students I took to Phoenix that one year, I thought we should we should give this a shot and let's see what where it goes from here. And like I said, the first time I uh, promoted it, we had 14 students, and from then on, we've we've taken over. You know, we've taken literally hundreds of kids over the last 10, 11 years to Costa Rica. So, wow, I, I would... just think they needed that opportunity. And you know, at the high school level, sometimes they have those opportunities, but yeah. grade six, seven, eight, they really don't have that. And I thought, I want to, I want to change that. So, Dale, why do you think that these middle schoolers, this particular age, really? fine or are really drawn to your trip? I think just because uh, it's it, being so young at that age, I think it's a, it's a first time of maybe getting away from the parents. Maybe it's the first time flying. Uh, maybe it's the first time leaving the country. I think with all those three things, I, th- I just think it's the perfect age to uh, have them experience uh, this trip. Yeah, I would say so. I went as a parent four Mm -hmm. years ago. And my son was entering the eighth grade and he had never been out of the country with us. Although we do travel often and to as many places as we can in the United States, but it was truly about being with other students, Mm -hmm. friends, other teachers slash adults and parents, but also really experiencing the culture, I Mm -hmm. would say true as well. Um, I know for most of our students in that grade range for middle school in our district, they're learning Spanish as an introduction level in either sixth grade or seventh grade. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I think that's another piece. They want to kind of try out their Spanish, see how well they can try interacting with actual Spanish speaking mm -hmm. people in the Costa Rica locations that we go to. Mm -hmm. So what differences do you notice when you think about the students, the students that have gone on these trips? Because as a teacher going on the trips as a chaperone, I feel like I'm noticing at least a third, if not half of those students have come through my gifted program in third grade. So it's always cool to see these kids mm -hmm. that are, you know, three years older plus from when I had them. And now here they are in those middle school years mm -hmm. and they're on this trip, most of them without their parents yep. and with us adult chaperones. And I think it's been really interesting to see them take these risks, especially in terms of the adventure piece of it. Mm -hmm. What do you see from your end that you're like, wow, I, I noticed a difference. Some of the uh, activities we do, the, the adventurous, the, Personally, I think they're scary. I, I remember the first time I did the rappelling, I was petrified. And a lot of our kids get really nervous, and some are hesitant to do the rappelling or the zip line. Uh, but uh, part of the satisfaction for me is watching them conquer their fears and going ahead and doing the rappelling, going ahead and doing the zip line. You know, once in a while we have a few students who refuse or just don't want to do it, but with all the other students there and the other parents there and the other teachers there that encourage them to, you know, hey, you've come all the way to Costa Rica, might as well take a risk. And uh, nine times out of 10, they end up doing that. And that's just so fulfilling to see those children uh, taking those big risks. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. I think for me too, as a parent and a teacher, um, I really enjoy watching these students mm -hmm. Um, really get out of their comfort zone. They kind of put aside their perfectionism. You just have to because mm -hmm. you're repelling down a waterfall. You know, you just got to go with yep. it and let your body kind of take over in some of these instances. And it's just a really great rewarding moment afterwards mm -hmm. that they can celebrate. And all the students are so supportive of each other, high-fiving each other every yes. time they come down a, the rappelling or the, the zip line. Uh, just such a supportive group with all these students. And uh, even though the students sometimes are hesitant to do these things, it's just, I've never had a student disappointed. Hey, I came all the way to Costa Rica and I'm afraid of heights, but I just repelled a 16 story waterfall. So that's pretty amazing. It. Yes. And I think we've also heard from parents that this trip really helps kick in that maturity piece yep. for these students. I hear that every year that, my uh, my child has just grown so much from just taking this 10-day trip. So I hear that all the time. I saw the same thing with my daughter, uh, who's actually been twice on the trip. And just the amount of growth the students can make in such a short time, uh, gaining independence and uh, confidence, uh, it's just amazing. Right. I agree. The curiosity, the getting out of their comfort zone, and it actually triggers them to want to keep traveling mm -hmm. or keep trying to find experiences that are more adventurous locally once they mm -hmm. get back. While not every student, Dale, can travel to another country or go to Costa Rica on your trip, we know that all students should be taking risks, trying ways to get out of their comfort zone just pushing their curiosity and doing things in real life action ways that they can experience what you're telling us about this awesome trip to Costa Rica. What would be three ways 
students can get out of their comfort zone locally this summer? Sure. Uh, one way I can think of is maybe uh, visiting a food market, an international food market. Uh, here in Cincinnati, we're fortunate to have a, a store called Jungle Gems, who uh, is very famous for their international uh, foods, basically from everywhere. And we also have Finley Market that has a lot of foods from different countries. Go to new restaurants, maybe try something different. Uh, Thai, Venetian, Mediterranean, French, Asian, Polynesian, uh, Try something new, uh, maybe a new language. They can. There's plenty of apps out there now that uh, students can look into, you know, learning a new language. Just uh, branch out and take risks. Well, I believe taking a risk helps with growth, maturity, and um, having a growth mindset. Uh, my advice would be to get out and, and take risks. Uh, parents, encourage your children to do that. Get out of their comfort zones. Uh, make It makes life interesting. Well, Dale, thank you so much for coming onto our episode and sharing the importance of exploring new things, taking risks, the importance of getting out of your comfort zone. If a parent or student is interested in your trip or a trip similar to yours, how can they find out more about it? I think the best thing to do is just email me at uh, moberlycostarica at gmail.com. And from then, I can uh, share with them the information. Like I said, the the trip for next summer is pretty much sold out, but I'm I'm already taking names for 2024. So that's probably what your listeners would be uh, looking towards. But yeah, I'd love to have your children travel and just reach out to me. All right. Thank you. In today's segment, we are talking with Jason Riggle, who is a thrill seeker. He's super curious. He enjoys teaching himself new things, and he happens to be our son's baseball coach. And while we have had amazing conversations about baseball, most of our conversations on and off the field have been around what he is teaching himself and what new things he's learning. He is probably one of the most curious people I have met in my life. So we welcome Jason Riggle to our episode today. Hi, Jason. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So we know now as an adult, you're super curious. You're always learning something new. Tell us what you were like when you were young. Well, the world was a little different 30 years, 35 years ago. We didn't have all the distractions. We didn't have all the things to do that we did today. We had to make up our own games or we didn't have video games as much. We didn't have cell phones, um, didn't have the demands. So I was just a kid, kid at heart, outside playing, turning sticks in the swords, playing basketball, football, baseball in the backyard, hide and seek. Um, and, you know, not growing up with a lot of money, you had to make do with what you had. So when you talk about where where I might have been curious as a kid, I was always watching my grandfather, my dad, what they were doing. My dad would rebuild a car. My dad was a A&P mechanic, pilot. Um, and my grandfather worked in the, his own wood shop. And I always wanted to help and do things. So, you know, in the kitchen – Wherever it was, I people that influenced my life, I was right there watching and learning what they did and use that to, uh, I guess, to build who I am today, looking back. Being curious at a young age, I really don't know that I could tell you how that became, except for that I was I got bored easy. Um, for other people, 
I think people thirst for knowledge, the truth, um, accomplishment, self, self-awareness, self-worth. What, what can they do to make them feel better about themselves and hopefully contribute to others? So, I mean, I don't know. For me, that's how it is. How can I help other people with what I can do? Because only satisfying myself has never been enough in, in, the, in, in the end. So do you think, Jason, it's something innate in you that's just there, or do you think it's a learned behavior or a choice? It's, it's, it's such a tough, it's, it's really a tough. Or do you think it kind of exists in layers all at the same time? I think I just come by it naturally that I want to know, I just want to know more, learn more and, and, and have as much knowledge as possible. So, um, I'm never going to be a rocket science scientist, but it doesn't mean I don't learn or read about it here and there. I'm not going to be a zoologist, but it doesn't mean I don't go read about that or probably never going to be a car mechanic, but there are small things you can do. In general terms, Jason, what would be some key ideas that come along with your wanting to be knowledgeable? You may not be reading ginormous novels or books, or you might not be like a complete 100% expert on something, but you do dabble in a lot of things. What kind of things do you think are those key areas that keep you going? It never hurts to investigate and, you know, find supporting evidence to, to things you're curious about. And quite often you'll prove yourself wrong where you want to say something or do something and you realize, oh, that's not what I thought it was. Um, you're entitled to an opinion, but opinions aren't always fact, right? So, and are they do? And sometimes when you're curious about something and you want to learn about it, you can learn, you can learn anything you want to learn for the most part. You can find it on the internet anywhere you want, but can you actually do it? It's the question you have to, you have to be honest with yourself and tell yourself if you can. Let me, let me give you an example of, you know, teaching myself a new skill I always love food. Everybody loves the taste of food. It's it's nurturing. It makes you feel good. And like I said, I get bored easy, new challenges. And uh, in my industry, it hit the pandemic hit really hard in the automotive industry. So I was furloughed for three months. And instead of reading the stuff on social media, that's always people are bickering and arguing, woe is me. I thought maybe I could be a happy spot in the community. And I started a foodie page and started cross-posting that with my Facebook page and a group page. And for three months, I, uh, I dove in and said, let's, let's cook. Let's use some of the knowledge I have, some of my favorite things I watch on TV, like Gordon Ramsay and, and seeing people in videos cooking online, YouTube, whatever. I'm like, I can do that. And, and since I enjoy food, let's see how, what I can do with it. And I just, went from there. I started having ideas in my head. And if I wasn't really sure how you did something, I looked it up, headphones on, listening on, on a loop to this person tell me the same recipe, probably 400 times in a 25 minute span to where I'm like, okay, I can do that. And I started to memorize it. And then I go, and I can go back and do it again. But for three months, it was every day. Uh, I wrote a little blog every day talking about the weather, what I did that day. And then hmm. what I was cooking, I gave him a little bit of a uh, heads up on what they were going to see the next day. I'd show them what I cooked and, and people loved it. And that drove me even, that drove me, it pushed me to actually do more, get better. And I use things like YouTube, TikTok, 
Facebook, anywhere I could find information, cookbooks. You know, I've got bunches of them just to start teaching myself that. And, you know, I've, I've failed plenty of times. I, I, I probably, it's a couple of meals I probably spent way too much money on trying to figure out how to make it look like that. And I'm like, oh, got to go get more of these. I ruined this one. So that that's just one of the, I mean, you have to have the time too. I mean, um, and when I say that, you know, having all the means that you need to have time, you have to have the willingness. And you also have to know your own boundaries, your your own abilities. So um, I, I just, I jumped in head first and said, I can do this. I, I like it when people like what I do. Um, and it was a challenge. It was a challenge to see if I could make everybody else happier for a little while while we were going through a horrible time as a country. And just, uh, it worked. It worked out. People that were my enemies and didn't think the same as me, not really my enemies, but just didn't think the same as me. All of a sudden we were in this, we were in harmony. We, we enjoyed, we found something that we enjoyed mm-hmm. together. Jason. So this upcoming summer is really right in front of us. And these kids listening and these parents listening are getting ready to start filling that time with different things. So if we're promoting learning something new, going after your curiosities, Tell us a little bit about how parents and kids might be able to dive right in and go about that. How can they like take that first step? Well, if you want to know where to search for curiosity in, in regards to your question about summer, what, you, what were your desires the last three, four, five summers? What other things have people done that you want to go do, but you don't know anything about it? And, you know, ask them query this information on Facebook. Hey, do you know about this? I want to try this. Do you know about this? I can't help but keep pushing the idea of know your limitations. Do you have the means? Do you have the ability? Um, Because it's very easy to fail at it or get halfway through it and realize it was unaffordable or whatever this thing is that you're curious about doing, whether it's hiking, biking, building tree houses or, or cooking Make sure it's something that's within your lane that you can handle. Don't leave any stone unturned or any question unasked because someone will answer it. And filter through all the the trash answers, the stuff that's just meant to throw you off your game because that's what people on in this world do. They're, they're, they're unhappy. They're sad. You're trying to do something that makes you happier and, and builds character and knowledge and may help other people. Um, maybe you'll just turn a couple of those people and they'll join you in, in, in with it. So root it in your desires and things you've wanted to do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having wants that you want. You just, you just have to know what you can and can't do. And uh, knowledge is the biggest key to it all. With that matter, will, being willing to, to fail at it as well and realize that that's not just, that's not the end. It's a yes. stepping stone. So speaking of failure, how were you able to overcome your different failures, whether it was something really specific or something minor or something major? A lot of times we are at a point where we just want to give up because we failed or we think it is a huge issue and can't get, you know, can't get past that. How did you overcome failure? You overcome failure by failing. You continue to fail till you get it right. Hmm. If it's steps one, two, three, four, five, and you get to step three and step four fails, 
and somehow you can do step one, two, three over and over and over with success, you haven't failed. Again, go back, ask questions, use the internet, Google, YouTube. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can figure out what did I do wrong here? I I built a wall in a house one time and had to mud the corners. Holy smoke. I scraped the mud off the wall five or six times before I finally figured out how to get it to work. I hate drywalling. I hate mudding. It's, it's horrible, <laughs> but I've, but you know, I had four or five more sheets of sheetrock, bunch, a couple more, you know, pails of putty. Finally got it right. Did I fail? No, but I taught myself a valuable lesson, pay someone to do it next time. Um, but if I want to learn something and want to keep doing it, then you find ways to make sure you're still doing it. So just teaching myself new things and being curious is just, been a way to keep me moving, keep me younger, if you will, because I don't want to get old. <laughs> I don't. I, I just. It's just where it, it's where it is for me. I. It's this is really hard to pinpoint at the same time. I mean, given a straightforward answer doesn't really exist in my mind because you, what you knew yesterday with advances in science, technology, or anything changes what it is today. Jason, thank you so much for being here to talk about your curiosity, how you learn new things, and really kind of what are the essential characteristics behind all of that new learning. Curiosity is complex. It is. And it's so good to know the inner workings in your mind and kind of hear your reflections of how this kind of came to be from you being a child to now and just being able to kind of share that with other people to give them somewhere to start. So thanks. You're welcome. All right, everybody. We are so excited about summer, just like you are. We're looking forward to warm weather, some free time, and just maybe new choices and new avenues to explore this summer. So the question for all of us is how are we going to spend our time this summer? And that is what we want to leave you with today in our final episode of season two. What is it that you're going to do intentionally balancing your time this summer? So we have talked about in the last two episodes, some tools that we have loved using in our classroom. And there's no reason you can't use those tools at home with your kids this summer. So just to reiterate, we love the habits of mind and the seven habits of happy kids and just kind of understanding in that habit number seven that balances best and really to go out there and not just spend your summer continuing your learning and education, but to find ways to learn in some unconventional ways. That's right. We really enjoy the non-conventional ways because that's where either our curiosity gets even more peaked or we actually get some answers. So that's really the exciting part for exploring new areas. So enjoy your summer, everyone. That's right. So we'll see you for season three in August. Take care, everybody. Bye.